When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. 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 Turner Sparks and Sir Michael Ira Kaplan are on a quest to explore every town in America through the eyes of the scumbags, scoundrels, and world touring comedians who grew up there. Who knows what they'll find out? This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 175. My name's Turner Sparks. And I am Michael Ira Kaplan. You can find me at Turner Sparks on Instagram. You can find Kaplan at Cap in America on Instagram. You can find this pod at Lost in America Pod on Instagram. We have 825 followers. Kaplan, we're exploding. Follow us. When we get to 1,000, whoever's the 1,000th follower, if we can figure out how it is, we will give you a shout out on the air. Yes, the a th- the a thousand follower. Follower exactly. We'll get a shout out on the air. We had 175. What was it, 180 followers like th- two weeks ago? So this thing's getting. We're we're moving on up, baby. We're, yeah, I'm I'm done making uh, pandemic jokes, but that was. Uh, we are moving. We are go. We are busting up at, at, at an alarming rate. Yeah, we're not so. gonna. We're not gonna say we're viral anymore. We don't want to use no. that term. But no. we're moving. We're going up. Uh, guess and what? Speaking, else? speaking of moving, you uh, you're moving around, right? Well, let's we're- save that for a second. A couple more announcements. New York City is flattening the curve. The That's governor Governor Cuomo announced it today. It's good news all around. We're very excited about that. Also, I think nationally that's happening. So we might be at the top of the mountain, looking down at the other side. Also, Cap, uh, speaking of Governor, Governor Cuomo, he's listening to this podcast. I think he's definitely listening. It's possible one of his burner accounts is one of those people following Lost in America pod on Instagram because still governing, all- still governing. Yeah, still governing because everything we are calling for in this podcast is happening. Um, what, like, for example, we got the basketball court. We got the hoops taken down, right? Yes. That was last week. Now I was screaming about all the construction workers outside. There's only they, they've cut it. There's only a couple guys. There's like three guys in the job. They're all spread out. So that's gone. Let me explain you, real quick to the people because I'm not sure what we talked about on Patreon and what, what's been on the true. real well, pod. People should be listening to our Patreon, but yeah, they should. But what's been going like so? Uh, Kaplan took video and um, tag. We tagged the governor's office in video of these construction workers playing basketball last week on the podcast, and we said that needs to stop. They need to stop playing basketball during a pandemic. Guess what? Friday, Governor Cuomo went on TV said we're going to stop the basketball during the pandemic Bam. then they took down the hoops they took down the rims they took th- down the rims through new york city and then what happened next kaplan well and then i think we took to the patreon show live from the bunker and we had we we started we, we got into a bit of a, a war of words uh with a, a lawyer a certain lawyer for the unions of the construction sites correct Is that yeah what yeah we did this uh yeah the, the loon union mob lawyer guy yeah because and he was upset with us for the posting the video and we decided to up the war and start talking demanding the, the governor stop with this construction because there's like 60 70 men on a roof all in close quarters all walking around my neighborhood and now they're down to a handful of men left. So Cuomo stepped in. He must have put an order in to change the construction routes. They're not doing as much. He also on the on that show. We also again. I can't keep track of where we when we make our, where we make our demands. But they get out there. <laughs> they we, get out there. Here's I was. We were talking about how you much how much you love Cuomo's daily uh, press conference, and everyone loves it. Love it's really it. been a big hit. And I said I love it too. But he's he's doing it at eleven thirty. It's the middle of Prices Right. My kids love Prices Right. A lot of people love Prices Right. It's like a, it makes you feel good when you're home from work. It's the type of thing that reminds me of being home from school as a kid. It lets you feel smarter than people. 
Yeah, so he's preempting prices right every day. I said, move the time. And guess what? Today, the news broke. He announced on Twitter, noon. I'm on noon. So my family could watch the entire prices right. So I want to thank the governor for that. Uh, it's, it's, and I'm sure families everywhere thank the governor for Here's that. Here's one so we- thing. Yeah, and I thank him too. And here's one thing he need, they need to know. that First of all, we have a direct line to Governor Cuomo. It's called this uh, podcast. And number two, these people, these union reps, these union lawyers, is that uh, we're counterpunchers, much like our president, right? Yeah, we don't stand down. You yeah. can't intimidate us with threats to throw me. They threaten to throw me in the East River when I'm walking by <laughs> yeah. pancakes. That will not stand. So no, you threaten- pancakes will protect me. I know that. So if you threaten to throw Kaplan in the East River, we one, we don't get scared. And two, we punch back. We take it up a notch. We, we're going to get your whole construction site shut, shut down. And that's going to be happening soon because we're saying it right now on this podcast. And we didn't make any threats, but I did do a little bit of confetching on this pod about all the work my kids have, right? About this with this homeschooling. Yes, and you were upset sure, about the homeschooling. And sure enough, an email went out from one of the teachers today that after a, lot, a weekend of media discussions, they're going to they're gonna lighten the load, they said, for Teddy Kaplan going forward, for his grade. In quotes. They're, in quotes, lighten the load. They've listened, and they said, quote, in quotes, we've heard the feedback. Yes. So I, they're not going to say, they're not going to say all these parents will be bowing to a podcast, but we know what that means. We can read between the lines. We can read the between. So thank you very much, teachers of the teachers union. We're always, we're friends of you guys. That's thank, a union we like. Thank you for doing what's good for you. How about exactly. that? Yeah. <laughs> now, should we get on to my whereabouts? Yes, we should. Because everyone was asking me. A lot of people, if you didn't listen to the Patreon show on Friday, Turner Sparks, for the first time in this entire history of this podcast, because I missed an episode once in the beginning, Turner Sparks was not on his own podcast. He was on the run. I had to step up and try to like host a podcast. It was a big, a big adjustment. So, so let's let's fill everyone in now. Kaplan, it was you. I just want to say first, it was you, and it was Andrew Heaton, and you yeah, guys was- did a wonderful job. Much like we do that show Tuesday through Friday, so we do this show on Mondays. So five days a week now, we're doing shows. So every once in a while, something might happen where I miss a show or Kaplan misses a show, and under that scenario, this show operates like pardon the interruption, like PTI on ESPN. <laughs> we have there's a um, there's a backup host. We have a couple of backup hosts in the works and are yeah. and who are going to be on regularly if one of us misses. And the first one who came, we, we brought out of the bullpen was Andrew Heaton, the mighty Heaton from the Political Orphanage podcast, professional podcaster Andrew Heaton. And he did a fantastic job. Yeah, so thank you, Andrew Heaton. And everyone should listen to his podcast as well because he's a big supporter. And you, Kaplan, you did a great job, as you said, hosting. You opened the show much as I opened the show. You remembered yeah. all the lines. You had all the beats down. <laughs> you didn't miss a step. You hit it. And... Uh, you did great. Yeah, I didn't tell him. I didn't ask him to play that. Say, what do we say or anything? Because he's not going to notice. They play the music, but you know, other than that, I, I was hitting all the beats. I felt like so. You and even I, ended I, it. You landed the plane correctly. You said bunker. Landed, up. Bunker. I, I don't remember that when we're doing it, but I remember this time. So. You did. More, more fo- it's easier to focus when you when you have to be. When you're the one, you're the quarterback. You're it's the like an airplane when, landing the plane when we just I saw an airplane when people are dropping from eating fish and getting sick. Someone's got to someone's got to land the plane. So I stepped up. So uh, and people, that's why you got to keep listening because we're going to have some of your favorite guests are going to pop in occasionally to guest uh, guest host. So 
So what happened? As you said, it's the, my first podcast in history of this podcast that I've missed an episode. What happened was my wife and I, as we all know, we're staying in Beverly Farms, Massachusetts. Everyone loves the song, I want to mm. say. I repinned a tune for that to that town, and the town loved it. The mayor loved it. Um, everyone there, they had a parade for us. But, <laughs> but we had to get out because... A, a social distance parade. A social everyone, distance parade. Everyone was in Zoom parading everyone around was, their apartment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, it was just kudos all around for our stay there. We were there for two weeks. They said we made a real difference. And, yeah. um, you know, you they taught was, them a lot. You taught them how to dance that town. We taught <laughs> them. It was much like Dangerous Minds or one of those those movies yeah. where we went yeah. into the. Kevin B- yeah. Footloose is what I'm thinking of. Footloose. Yeah. yeah. It was, uh, you know, stand and deliver. We went into a neighborhood of such uh, sorts and, um, you know, we turned it around. So. It was time to leave, and it was time to leave, frankly, because this union, uh, this 10-9, construction union, whatever they were, found out where I was. They were sending threatening letters in the mail. First, it was emails, and then it was actual mailbox, meaning they knew exactly where I was, telling me they were coming after me. And I told my <laughs> wife, yeah, yeah, I said, listen, I've had, I can't. You know, it, it meant a lot to me to get the basketball court shut down in your neighborhood. Of but course. <laughs> we had to pay the price. And the price was our safety. And yeah. I said to my wife, we got to go. And she said, you know what? If we have to go, we have to go. Whatever we have to do to stay above uh, uh, and beyond this union. Yeah. And, and she knew when she married you, this is the life she was signing up much for. Much like, you know, um, <laughs> what, what it would be, the uh, Fidel Castro's wife or one of the... Yeah. Or who was uh, the other guy? The Che Guevara. Che Guevara. He's Guevara. what I'm searching did for. He have, did he have a wife? Yeah, that he had dis- a spouse. I would disappoint so many college girls out there, but all right. Che Guevara's spouse. You know what you're getting into when you're getting into yeah. it. And mine is a life of vil- vigilante. And mm-hmm. um, so we had to leave. So we got on the road. And we left. This is a Friday. We found out Friday at 10 a.m. that we had to leave Beverly Farms. By noon, we were at the um, rental car place. Shout out to Enterprise Rental Car. They rented us a car for $14. Oh, and there weren't New York plates, I guess. So you didn't have to deal with the... Uh, they gave us Florida plates. God bless them. Oh, that's genius. Because if you use a New York, New York plates or even Massachusetts plates and you come to Delaware, they would have pulled you over, as we talked about in that episode. Well, I'm getting were, to that. So yeah. here's what happened. Here's what happened. We leave Beverly Farms, right? We leave yeah. at about noon. Um, just getting to the rental car place, as as uh, it's it's a whole new world out there. It's the rental car people are scared of me. They won't let us enter the building. I go to open the door, and they don't have it locked. But there's someone there, kind of holding it closed, almost like you would if you were in the bathroom and somebody's trying to open the bathroom door real quick. So I'm in full mask, full gloves, <laughs> coming up to the door of Enterprise Rental Car in Beverly, Massachusetts, and I can't open the door because the guy's holding it. So then he t- says, wait, wait. He yells, wait, wait. And stand away. He said, stand away. So I take a few steps back. He comes out, and he goes, can I help you? Real aggressive. And this is in a hailstorm, by the way. And I hail. say, yeah, it's hailing in Beverly Farms. Terrible. My God, it's a real farm country. It's like Kansas out in Beverly Farms. Yeah, there's there's tornadoes blowing through. And so I say, yes, I'm here to rent a car. Okay, what you you have to do it online. And I say, no, I already did do it online. I just want to pick it up. All right, take that one. And he just points at a car. 
because he wants to get rid of me quick. So he point, take that. So I go over there. I get to the car, and then this other lady runs out. She goes, no, we need a credit card, credit card. But they're yelling. It's like I'm on the, um, you know, where a helicopter is about to take off, and the toot-toot-toot-toot's going, and everybody's screaming back and forth, but we're on a time limit because they want to get rid of me, and I want to get rid of them. And we yell. I sign the paper real quick. This is a 30-second thing. I, we jump in the car. We throw our luggage in. We pull out, and we're out of Beverly Farms, Massachusetts. They were on the road, Cap. We're driving. We get through Massachusetts. We get to, into Connecticut. Friday afternoon, through Connecticut. By the time we pull up to New York City, because you have to drive through New York City to get there, we decided to stop in Brooklyn for 10 minutes to pick up new stuff, pick up some, uh, some stuff at our apartment. So we're driving to New York City, 5.30 p.m. Nobody on the roads. Friday afternoon, rush hour, 5.30 at night, dead, empty roads in Brooklyn, in New York City, in Queens, and through Staten Island. We pull into Brooklyn. You must have made an amazing time. Amazing time. It's the, I mean, pandemic travel is the quickest you'll ever have in your life. I mean. I mean, that makes me like, no matter what you're doing in life, if I make good time, I'm in a good mood about something. I was in a great mood. I was in a, not only this Kaplan, I, we go to our apartment in Brooklyn, New York. Typically you've come over often to record a podcast. It's about a 30 minutes uh, wait time for you to find a parking spot. Correct. Yeah. That's, that's not a good, I've never driven. Oh, I drove once when you had a party, but a weekend, but that's not normally a good area to park you that's that's like yeah a lot of circling blocks i want to say 50 to 60 open parking places when i'm driving (laughs) into the neighborhood there's no one left i mean we live in a pretty upscale neighborhood these people have all left for the hamptons they're all there's no one around they're sheltering not in place (laughs) they're not sheltering in place much like us they're on the move yeah right This is uh, but we're not leaving our car. I want to say, I want to make that clear. We're not just gallivanting around, hanging out in all these places. We're moving because we have to move. Mm. So we get our stuff. We get back in the road. Jersey yeah, life's in danger. Our life is in danger. Uh, Jersey Turnpike, six thirty Friday night. Not a car to be seen, Michael Ira Kaplan. Right. You don't have to do the whole thing that I normally do. I'm like, should I take the tunnel? Should I take the bridge? I got to check all the weather. No. Thing. You just, just map. The, yeah. We go Not over. Uh, it's usually a four and a half hour drive from our apartment to. Um, well, I can't even tell you where we're heading at this point. I'm right. sorry. You're headed, you're heading south. People will figure out if you're on the turnpike. We're right? heading yes. south on the Jersey Turnpike. We go through Staten Island. We get on the Jersey Turnpike. This is usually bumper to bumper traffic for about two to three hours. This is imagine you're in san francisco chicago coming in out of any major yeah. city in the world on a friday night during rush hour yeah i did that on thanksgiving weekend it was extreme but i was driving that turnpike in south island and it, it's a take hours los angeles just, like, would yeah. be the same the 405 as you'd have it in la right yeah. not a single car this is if you've ever driven between um rural cities i say between carlsbad between Carlsbad, New Mexico, and Albuquerque, New Mexico. But to pick any two cities in South Dakota, North Dakota, whatever, West Texas, wherever you might want to be, where you don't see a car for miles and miles. And you should be allowed to speed because there's no, what's the threat? I mean, gas well, is so cheap now. You should be able to just, it's like the Autobahn. Much just, like the open road, I caught yeah. myself multiple times going 90 and yeah, not realizing I was yeah. going 90 because there's no car in front of you or in back of you to even gauge how fast And if a cop going. pulls you over, do they have to stand six feet back? It's a whole thing, so they don't want to do that well that's the one weird thing my dad didn't make a joke my uh, cousin's husband's a cop in uh portland and we were on his family zoom session the other day and i asked him the cop if he was still working and he said yeah there's still bad guys out there and my dad said yeah as long as you when you shoot him you're six feet away it's probably okay (laughs) 
Uh, and that's kind of, I think, what the cop. That might be how the cops are taking it right now. They're just now. gonna shoot you, basically. They don't want to get too close. <laughs> yeah. So we go. We blast through New Jersey, and then we're 20 minutes outside of Delaware, and I get a text from you that says, "Hey, are you going? Don't go through Delaware at all costs." And I say, "Cap, it's too late. I'm almost <laughs> at Delaware. There's no yeah. other way to go." We were recording the pod then. I was with Heaton. You were with Heaton, and, you, and yeah. I've listened. You guys were talking about it in real time. I was 20 minutes outside of Delaware. I was in South Jersey. I was right outside of uh, Haddonfield, uh, the home of Mr. Softy. So I get, come over that bridge, and, and you say, well, if you get in Delaware, they can arrest you on the spot. That's what you told me. <laughs> I, I might have exaggerated a little bit. So, you should have read the news story. So, well, no, Yaya goes, we freak out. Yaya gets on, the, on her phone, and she starts reading through all these news stories, and she goes, we find out that as long as you stay on the highway, if you don't get off the, if you get off the highway, they can pull you over. The governor has ordered them; they have to pull right. you over. If you're right. on the highway, I guess you're you're like moving through. You're not gonna. Cause if you have out harm. of state plates, they can pull yeah. you over, and then they have a series of questions: Where are you going? Um, how long are you staying? And then they make you give them your phone number and your address so they can check on you to make sure you're quarantined for 14 days. But we find out if, as long as you don't leave the highway. So we stop real quick in Jersey. We gas up. Yeah. I was going to say, well, if you run out of gas or you got to pee or something, you just- <laughs> yeah, we don't want to do that. So we get gas and I mean, it's like escaping. I don't even want to make, <laughs> you know, we've made these analogies previously on the podcast and let's just say they don't go over well. Yeah. So I don't want to make one. So anyway, we're headed south, the opposite direction of where you used to have to go if you wanted to escape trouble. Let's just say that, right? We're headed south. And um, we, so we get back on Jersey. We drive through Jersey, and we go, oh, great. We're, we, I mean, through Delaware. Turns out it only takes like 15 minutes to get through Delaware. It's a very small state. So yeah. it wasn't that big of an issue. But then we get into Maryland. Maryland has signs on the highway saying that it's the exact same thing as Delaware. It says foreign oh. plates can be pulled over. Foreign. It's foreign. Like- Far and yeah, that's, I was saying to Heat and like this is now all of a sudden states have become like countries again. Like the old, like when the country was founded and all these states had rivalries and actually me- it meant something to be from a certain state. Like you're from another colony, basically. That's that we're returning to those days. So now, yeah, we can't get off the highway in Maryland either. And yeah, checks. She does a quick Google. It's true. They have the exact same rules in Maryland. So we drive in and now we have three hours in Maryland. Yeah. Uh, Luckily, we had gassed up, and luckily, we didn't have to go to the bathroom. So yeah. um, we'd skip the last Slurpee at the at the Jersey. Uh, Maybe you can leave your car on the highway, pull over the side of the highway, and then just like walk to the next exit if you have to go. There are people doing that, sleeping on the side of the highway because they don't want to get up and get arrested. Yeah, yeah, it's a technicality. So I want to end the story there. Tomorrow, I'm going to tell you where I am now. I'll tell you that on the um, on the wrap on the uh, sorry on the Life in the Bunker Bunk- show, yeah. which you can get five dollars a, a month gets you. Five Five episodes a week. Go to patreon.com slash lost in America. We're there Tuesday through Friday. We will have a link for that in this episode to this podcast. Check your phone. Click that link. You can do it. Support the pod cap. We have double the amount of subscribers now that we had three weeks ago, and we want to double that number again by the end of April. How about that? That's, the That's goal. a good goal. Double by the end of April. We're at 27 I'm going to be with now. my kids home alone, work home alone all day with his kids for till then. I need something to look forward to. I need to see that thing going up. We have 27 subscribers now. We want to get to 50. That's a good goal. By the end 50. of April, we want to get to 50 subscribers on Patreon. You guys support the pod. Well, I'm not doing stand-up. We're, this is where all my stand-up material is going, right here to this podcast. All right, that's it. Should we get to... Anyway, we're safe where we are. We're in a bunker. We're in a new bunker. Life goes we on. Didn't, we didn't mention our guest. We have a guest this episode. 
Did we not mention our guest? I don't think so. God, <laughs> we keep forgetting. Danica Harvey is the guest. Well, she'll be in the title of the podcast, so you'll know. Yes. And we'll put it in the description. She's uh, Danica is an old friend of mine. She um, was uh, the, the maid of honor in our wedding, which you'll hear about. And so we're going to ask her, talk to her about that. And she was she left at the end of February to go on a three-week trip rafting down the Grand Canyon, no cell phone service the entire time. She came out on March 22nd, I believe, to a different America, a different a different world, world. Yeah. I might say. And we're going to talk to her about the insanity of that experience. Um, she, she's going to be calling in in just a second. So, Cap, should, anything else? Did I miss anything, or should we get to that? I think it's, uh, I think it's time to call her up, and uh, yeah. Play the music. Play the music. We're back with our guest, Danica Harvey. Danica, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you. You are now in um, Bo- essentially Boston, Massachusetts, right? Yeah, Bo- I live in Dorchester, so a neighborhood of Boston. Dorchester, Massachusetts. Yeah. But for the majority of March, you were in, was it the Grand Canyon? That's right. Yeah, I rafted the Grand Canyon um, for pretty much the first three weeks of March. It's a 220 something mile trip, 20 some days off the grid. Um, so I put my phone on airplane mode, February 29th and came back into service on March 22nd. So definitely like the key time during which all of coronavirus unfolded and a very bizarre three weeks to be disconnected. Were you with a group of people or yeah, so we were on a private trip. Um, I have a friend who has done this trip a few times, so he uh, got a group of us together. It was 16 all together. And it's part of the um, allure that you're off the grid because it seems like you could just check your phone at night, or, but you, everyone just agrees <laughs> to not? Is that the... Um, no, so there actually is no service at the bottom uh, of the canyon. Um, uh, I had a boyfriend, who, or I have a boyfriend who couldn't come on the trip, and a few times I did get off airplane mode just to see if I could get some service and text him that I missed him, but uh, no luck. There's no service the entire time. What's the... Okay, what is... The, how can, America has so many places. I mean, the Grand Canyon, the bottom of the Grand Canyon, I get it. But um, <laughs> places where you can't get cell phone service. But Danica, we know each other from living in China. You were the maid of honor in my wedding um, and uh, really blew my brother away in the in the maid of honor versus best man speech. I mean, it wasn't even <laughs> Kaplan was there. It wasn't even yeah. a competition. I mean, Tyler Sparks, your brother, it's he uh, we've talked about this on the podcast. He gave his speech, which was had no emotion at all. and was a, was a spoof of the movie Rain Man. <laughs> and then you just came in. <laughs> And, and and the tone shift in your speeches, you it was your speech one that was like I would give that to uh, teach a course to people of like how to give a speech at a wedding. Yeah, it was oh, it was you. funny throughout the speech, and then you land sentimental. That's the key to yes. any wedding speech. You don't land and, funny. You land like warm. You land, and it was about both of you guys. It wasn't about you know. It wasn't just about some people. They focus their whole speech on just the person they know better. 
or the you know the groom or the bride and you got you touched on both it, it was, Tyler's was about neither of us it was, it was about was Rain the, Man was, it was about it was the movie a, Rain Man which neither one of us had seen he didn't even double check to see if we'd seen the movie before there was well, even like didn't have somebody just casually bring it up or something so it was just about I, I, a movie and then there was also a lot of Chinese people there who have never seen Rain Man. It's not a big movie in China. <laughs> I suspect <laughs> that you didn't write your speech the night before at the bar in town with using uh, Weber and Roger and myself and just, or, you know, like using the wrong, wrong people to, to, to workshop it. So. <laughs> no, Great job by you. Yeah. And I didn't mean to show him up, but yeah, he came up to me after and he's like, man, you made me look like a jerk. <laughs> yeah, but I've seen him do other speeches and he's uh, equally bad at other best man speeches. So that's his fault. Um, but yeah. anyway, my point was that when we were living in China, you can get cell service throughout the entire country. No matter yeah, where you are, much. but yeah, uh, yeah. in in the United States, it's it's an issue, especially in the Grand Canyon. So, so when did you? So you left. Uh, when did you come out? You said March twenty second. March twenty second. That's right. Yeah. And what so, what happened? Well, uh, when we went in, we knew coronavirus was a thing. It had just started to get bad in Italy, um, but nothing too serious. Flights had not been halted. Offices and restaurants and sports leagues and schools were all all still business as usual. Um, but And we actually made some jokes about it. Like, what if we get out in three weeks and the world has completely changed? Like, oh. what's, your, what's your zombie apocalypse survival strategy? <laughs> Danica, go back about three weeks on our podcast and you will hear a lot of jokes that don't play well nowadays. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And exactly. I were making. We should delete them all. <laughs> right. I mean, at the time, it was kind of a silly thing to hypothesize about when we floated down the river, but ended up being not too far-fetched so yeah wouldn't play well now um but our first and really only opportunity to get news of the outside world was on day 10 of the trip that's when we arrived at phantom ranch which is a lodge inside the canyon that you can hike to from the rim of the canyon um so we did a person exchange there three people on our trip hiked out and three new people joined Mm. so that's when we were able to get a bit of an update and our newcomers said, you know, coronavirus is getting more serious. Um, you get news the, from this big city. <laughs> the newcomers yeah. knew what's going on and they're like, we're yeah. just going to get on this raft now. <laughs> yeah. But but still at that point, day 10 for us wasn't anywhere near the situation when we ended the trip. You know, I think at that point, California and Washington had declared states of emergency. So we, we were like, whoa, scary, but still no shelter in place, um, no orders to close businesses, anything like that. So we just went on our merry way for another 12 days. So that was about like March 10th, March 9th or 10th or something. Yeah. March 10th. That's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So cap, we were, cap and I were talking about it before we came on air. I think in America, there was two big things that happened at the same time. NBA got shut down and then mm-hmm. um, Tom Hanks got it. Right. The same night, basically. Yeah. Well, then, I mean, like, so then when Tom Hanks got it, people were like, I think Whoa. It was like March. Yeah. Was that like March 13th, maybe or so around then? March 16th, oh. I think. No, no. The NBA, the, the Tom Hanks game, it was on a weekday. I remember because I was still at work. Okay. So okay. It was before March 16th. It's March 12th to 13th is when like that night when it got crazy. It was like all this stuff happened at once. Yeah. Tom Hanks news, an NBA player tested positive. And a lot of different 
Yeah, and you're just innocently like on a yeah. campfire. <laughs> yeah. So if if it was after March 10th, that was after our last. It was news definitely update. after March 10th. Yeah. 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 yeah so because if you heard Tom Hanks got it, you probably would have canceled the trip, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, we would have all hiked out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but near the end, we did start getting more hints that it was pretty serious. There were. There were a few groups that we'd been leapfrogging the whole time. You know, you recognize them, you say, see the same people every few days. Uh, but near the end, we start getting passed by groups we hadn't seen at all yet. Basically, people just hauling ass to get out of the canyon sooner. <laughs> <laughs> and one we talked to had a bunch of Canadians and Alaskans on their trip, and they were mm. just shaving multiple days off of their itinerary because they're worried about the border closing and flights home. Um, you know, and so then we start noticing, you know, are we seeing less planes flying over the canyon? The conversations, <laughs> you know, turned a little less jokey and a, a, little, a lot more nervous. But at that time, Danica, did you, did, what was the consensus in your group? Did you think those people were overreacting or did you think, did you also, it was like fear setting in? It was, it was pretty mixed in our group. I think my personal reaction was still like the border closing. There's no way like that's dramatic. Um, so I, yeah, I still was feeling pretty optimistic and it wasn't, wasn't until the last day that we got, we got the full brunt of it. So what happened then? <laughs> okay. So the last day, um, get picked up by our river outfitter. And after getting all the gear in order loaded into their truck, the guy says, okay, everyone, you know, gather around. I have an announcement <laughs> and just proceeds to deliver this doomsday speech running down the list of everything that's unfolded. So WHO has declared a pandemic. He lists the countries that are affected, all non-essential businesses close on and on and on. And mm. um, there was some nervous laughter, like, oh, what if this is just a bit they do when they take people out of the wilderness? <laughs> Good bit. <laughs> Good bit. <laughs> I mean, it might actually be a bit that you normally do. They should probably stop now. Yeah. <laughs> did he, but, wait, did um, he say NBA and all that kind of stuff? Did he tell yeah. you about Rudy Gobert? Did he mention it? No. <laughs> he did say Tom Hanks. He did oh, say yeah. NBA. Yeah, really listed all of it. Um, and, yeah, so we still weren't anywhere with service. It's not like we could hop on our phones to scan the news or call our families. Did, he mention, kinda... wait, did he mention Harvey Weinstein? Uh, he didn't. <laughs> Harvey actually, got it. Oh God. Yeah. He didn't mention that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just kind of like, okay, grab a pair of gloves and get in the van. <laughs> oh, that was after um, the speech. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we finally started getting service a bit later when we pulled off at a gas station and they set up lunch in the parking lot of this gas station for us. It was, so it was really just this surreal scene we're like squatting in this parking lot on route 66 eating ham sandwiches and learning everything that happened between march 1st and march 22nd by checking your phones yeah yeah and some people were some people still couldn't make calls but those who had good enough service were passing their phones around so everyone could get in touch with their families was everybody Um, american on this group or does anybody have to travel to any crazy places or um everyone was american yeah the the there were a few of us that came from the east coast but a lot from the west coast so they were already just getting plans in motion to drive home um a few of the east coasters actually were were tossing around the idea of driving instead of flying home because i think it was the consensus was to avoid airports yeah um 
but yeah, in this parking lot where we're all finally getting service, I remember there was a porta potty we could use, and <laughs> and of course now we're all newly paranoid about touching things. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so, yeah, porta potty oh sounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so one guy kicks the door open to avoid touching it, just bounced back and slapped him right in the face. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's just this hilarious and awful symbol of what this reentry right. felt like. Like, welcome back, idiots! Like the world's oh. gone to hell. <laughs> what about but, it's, but the, the thing is that i find is that we are learning the things that we used to accept germ wise that we really never should have like porta potties for instance like you right. never should be using them they're disgusting always but now yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly what about did the guy tell you like that people over 65 were in greater danger or anything like that yeah or- so, yeah well and he gave us gloves and talked about social distancing and what that meant and how we should avoid touching things and wash our hands, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, yeah, I think we're definitely go, we're going back into society with this weird, like suspicion of everything around us. Like you can't make eye contact type of feeling. I get that. Now you go out anywhere and everyone's scared of everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty. I mean, things, yeah, really only got weirder from there because our next stop was Vegas and we had expected that to be weird. You know, large crowds and flashing lights and noisy casinos were bound to be a rude awakening after three weeks in the wilderness. Um, but it was just weird in a totally different way. It was deserted, like maybe one or two people on the sidewalk as we drove down the strip, uh, hotels all closed, casinos all closed, Mm. airport empty. Um, yeah, very, I mean, a lot of us said we just couldn't imagine a weirder re-entry to society. That's as weird as it gets, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. It felt like being in a sci-fi movie. Could you stay? Was there an option for you to go back to just raft it again? Because that's like the safest <laughs> place you can be in the world, really. Yeah. I mean, on our last night, we actually all kind of were sitting around uh, finishing up the last of the beers we brought, brought on the trip and uh, polled everybody, like, if we could get out and um, you know, resupply and get right back on the river, would you do it? And most people voted yes, just because it was such an amazing trip and we'd love to do it again. Um, but that question took on a whole new meaning <laughs> once we came out and learned the status of the world. I yeah, think. they wanted yeah. to do it without the pandemic, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah, exactly. But it's the same thing you say without the pandemic, but when it's with the pandemic, I'm like seriously considering, like, how do we do this again? Because, yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, I think I mean the National Park Service has now um, canceled all the all the remaining permits for the year. So yeah, we actually kind of got lucky. We're some of the only people who rafted the canyon in 2020. My cousins were on a state park um, camping in Texas when everything got shut down, and the people at the state park decided if you were already in the park, you could stay. Mm. Oh wow! Grandfathered in. They got really? grandfathered yeah. in. They <laughs> ended up staying at this lake for two weeks. Wow. In a camper until they ran out. I guess they ran out of food and then they're like, all right, time to go home. They just came home a couple days ago, but they were out there for a while. What about. Well, and I heard it, that's in some ways kind of caused a reverse problem. People like flocking to the national parks, like, oh, let's get out of. We got to get, get out of the city. Um, yeah. Right. And just, they bring all their, their diseases with them. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Now the raccoons have coronavirus. Yeah. State Park. I did hear that a tiger tested positive. I don't know if that's that's know. yeah True, in the, the Bronx Zoo. The Bronx yeah. Zoo. Yeah. yeah. So who knows? Maybe the raccoons do have it. So all those people out there with uh, personal tigers in their bathtubs. Well, 
And yeah, yes. all, the, all the people in that movie, uh, the Tiger <laughs> yeah, King. Yeah, you better. Right. Joe, right. Joe Exotic. Get you see, Joe Exotic has it too, just like Harvey Weinstein. Does he? Yeah, he tested oh positive too. Yeah, yeah. It's like oh all gosh. of our storylines are combining. Did they tell you that? Did they tell you Joe Exotic was going to get it? <laughs> Did they tell you about Tiger King? <laughs> no, we we're going to do it. We're going to binge. Yeah. Also, there's this great show called Tiger King that came out that everyone's watching. Yeah. I have some bad news and some good news. <laughs> America's obsessed with a gay uh, tiger tamer in Oklahoma. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what about, so what, what was the flight like? Did you fly or how'd you get home? Yeah. Yeah. So I actually had initially planned to um, stay in Vegas that night, you know, mm. take advantage of a shower and a bed before hopping on a plane. But um, once we got all the news, I was kind of just like, I want to get out of here as soon as possible. Yeah. Booked the first possible flight I could. It was direct vegas to boston for two dollars and 70 cents wow really <laughs> yeah with 15 dollars in fees so it's like an 18 dollar flight to get back to the east coast how much do they charge you for bags then in that ration they charge you <laughs> <laughs> five I think it was still the normal bag yeah. fee so 35 bucks but we, yeah we, is it 75 dollars to get we, economy plus I don't know. So, I didn't even. Yeah. Do you have to pay more it. though? You have to pay more not to be sitting next to somebody. Cause I saw the <laughs> airlines were still. Well, yeah. that was, I mean, it was deserted. The thing, yeah. like I, there were maybe 10 people on my flight. So wow. pretty, pretty easy to steer clear of each other. Yeah. I, I have to, my, my grandmother passed away after nine 11. So I had to come back East coast for the funeral. Mm-hmm. And it was like the same thing where I, I flew from LA to New York. It was like a week after nine 11. It was like, it's a very surreal experience and there's three people on a plane. And like, oh, you feel wow. like, you're like, like a private flight, you know, so how many, for, you, you had that about 10 or so? Over yeah, I'd, I'd say there were about 10. And, and, what, and when, was, oh was everyone like scared of everyone? Was everyone just spread out? Um, actually after, you know, like downloading all of this information in the span of a couple hours, I feel like I was being, uh, more paranoid and careful than it seemed like other people were. I didn't see any, I only saw one mask on the plane, which surprised me. Yeah. Well, there's still people now in New York city as Kaplan and I talk about all the time on this podcast who are just going out and hanging out. I mean, finally they took, they closed the basketball courts in New York city, which we, which is because of this, we've been celebrating on the, because of us. Yeah. We (laughs) celebrated earlier, Um, but, but if it weren't for us, they'd still be posting up out there for us. They'd still be yeah, posting up, breathing all over each other. Yeah. Spitting on the ball. Spitting on the ball. That was the ritual they were doing before us. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Every court in New York city, you got to spit on the ball if you want to play. Yeah. yeah. What, so was, what was the like culturally? Did you notice what what hit you first when you got back to Boston? It was just different. About, I mean, you told um, me that you asked people you were talking about like getting together for dinner with friends or something. Yeah, I mean, when I first got back, you know, everyone was contacting me like, "Oh my God, you're back! You're back! What a strange reentry you must be having." And I initially reply like, yeah, I'd love to see you. Like, Get a you drink. Come over. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I knew stuff was closed, but I, I kept saying like, oh, you should come over for dinner. And then only after a few times saying that, realized like, okay, that's not really no. chill. Like, we're not doing that anymore. <laughs> Did they teach you how to use Zoom on that deprogramming thing? Because that's, <laughs> that's how we all converse now. It's a central yeah. item. Yeah. Um, I did have to learn that within 24 hours of coming back because I'm, I'm I'm actually a student, and so now we're all all Zoom. So yeah. oh, that's another aspect. So you're a student, so you had no more classes. I mean, in, yeah. Well, school. it's all 
Right. Um, and actually that was kind of a blessing in disguise for me. I was anxious about missing as much class as I did for this Grand Canyon trip, but now everything's virtual and recorded, which has made it easier to play catch up. So have yeah, they, it's all on zoom now at, at the school. Um, have they like returned? I know some of the schools are returning people's tuition and or at least partially and stuff like that. Mm. Is any of that uh, or do you not want to go not, on record about that? Not really. No, I mean, I wish that would happen. I don't think anything official for us. I know people who were in on-campus housing and left are getting refunded, um, but so far no official talk of tuition reimbursements, which I would love. <laughs> Interesting. Can we say where you go or no? Um, I'm at Harvard Law School. So. Harvard Law oh, yeah. School, Calvin. <laughs> Future lawyer for the pod, perhaps. Blue shirt can go to Harvard. <laughs> once you yeah. <laughs> once you graduate, you can sue uh, everyone on your behalf. Um, yeah. that, uh, didn't tell and you about you, this. Were you able to reunite with your boyfriend or is he being I mean, oh, yeah, what happened? quarantined in your, you know? Um, so he picked me up from the airport and everything. Mm-hmm. I've been careful to steer clear of everyone else, but... Um, yeah, three weeks apart, we were pretty excited to see each other. And then um, I actually, that flight I took back was a red eye. I came in at 4.30 a.m. to a brand new puppy. Oh, <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, that, that was, was genius. A, a surprise welcome home present from him and, and has made quarantine a little bit more fun. <laughs> no, it's one of the only, accept, it's really one of the only acceptable things to leave, break quarantine, to go outside. You got to walk a dog, especially a puppy. <laughs> right, right. So people can't give you shit for that. So that was very smart. He's a proactive young man. Thinking ahead. <laughs> well, it was a birthday present, actually. So it's been kind of in the works for a while. It just worked out that, yeah, now I'm forced to be home training this puppy all the time. Yeah, like, you yeah. mean, unlike he wasn't angling on a way to get out of the house and decided, <laughs> I decided that's what he was doing. buying a dog was the best, easiest way to do that. <laughs> that's how my mind works. But. Well, he picked it up right after I left. So I, I don't think he foresaw the coronavirus unfolding this way either. <laughs> what about your family? Like, were they trying to get in touch with you or was uh your boyfriend were they trying to get in touch with you while you were out there what what was going through their minds through this whole thing um i think i mean they were in touch with each other and kind of like man it's gonna be crazy when she comes back to service like can you imagine uh but i don't think they were too worried about me um you know not getting picked up or anything our river outfitter uh was telling anyone who called that yeah we still plan to pick them up no worries (laughs) um they actually had passed like a bunch of our friends had passed around an article while we were gone that the New York Times did on another river rafting group. Um, and it, it talked about how Colorado river rafters were some of the last people to know. So, so that I know they were all exchanging that, that article and that could imagine been you guys. what it'd be like. Yeah. It was, yeah. You a better, you bet, you're, you're in better publicity here promoting it on our podcast. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> fake, fake news times. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> It was you and uh, Jared Leto. Do you know that? He was on like a ayahuasca trip or something. Oh, God. And he he appeared. And then the German version of um, what? Big Brother. Oh, I heard about this. Yeah. They just decided to keep it secret from them or something. Yeah. They were they you them and Jared Leto were the last ones to know. Well, did you see the um, about the the couple and their honeymoon in the Maldives? Do you see that? story? There's a couple of the New York Times are going to profile them. They went. they went right around when you were coming back, I guess, around like March 21st. They had like a six-day trip to the Maldives. And oh, the travel wow. agent was like, yeah, it's fine. You can go. They'll, you'll let you back. They're from South Africa. You have to be let back in the country. And then South Africa won't let them back in the country now. So oh, they're, the, wow. they're the last people. They're on the Maldives. They're the only two people in this resort. And the resort has to stay open to take care of these two idiots. 
So there's like, they have like the greatest service ever, but they're going to go bankrupt. That's like the point of the article. They're they're still paying for this. They have nowhere else to go. Oh, they have to pay? They're not letting them stay for free? They gave them a a big discount, it says, but they're still paying. And like, they don't know when they're getting off the island because they they try to charter a flight with everyone else who's still like in the area, but it's like $100,000 or something and then nobody can afford, no one wants to agree to it. So, so that's, that that is the great way if you never want to come back somewhere is you go right before. Like you go right before the thing breaks and you and then it breaks and you're like, oh, I don't know, I'm stuck. What can I do? Oh, I'm trapped in paradise. <laughs> Tra- trapped in paradise. New York Times profile only. Yeah. <laughs> Who are these? You know, there's still every day in the news. There's I'm still reading stories about like, oh, uh, a cruise ship is trying to dock in Miami. Yeah. They yeah. left on March 25th. It's like, who are these morons? Can we make cruises illegal? Yeah. Who boarded that ship? Who's- I mean, I think. That- I think there's a certain amount of people, because I, I was guilty of this, where you just you can't com- you can't like uh, process how serious this is until it is. So like my daughter's birthday party, originally I postponed it like three weeks, but it's like what was that? What was the point of that? Like three weeks? Yeah. Is that three weeks? Is when that, was like, it supposed it, to be, Cap? Originally it was supposed to be March sixteenth, uh, and then I was like two or three days before, and I'm like, yeah, we can't do it, so we can't. I called the place, and they were like, oh. The next few weeks are bit booked. I was like, okay, I don't think we're doing that. But they're like, in three weeks, we have a date. I'm like, let's do that. And that was actually going to be this past Sunday. Yeah, yesterday. Oh, wow. So so obviously, it's not happening in the near future. So I don't know. Uh, so do you think these Bert- people had a cruise book for like March 10th? And we're like, oh, let's just push it back to the 25th. We'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then we'll they went anyway. They were like, well, yeah. we're going to go. We're not going to push it back again. And then Tyler <laughs> yeah, was telling me, my brother, Tyler Sparks, you know him from the uh, terrible best man speech. Um, <laughs> he was telling his job right now is to get these people off the cruise ships to help them. He works the, the United States government and mm-hmm. uh, to help these idiots like de, de- <laughs> whatever disembark. Uh, the cruise are ship. they still doing it where they force them to stay on the ship for the two week quarantine or do they it's going they kind of city by city he said that El- san diego county um has just made it illegal for cruise ships to dock but oh, he was like well the state can override that or the country or like a number of organizations um or laws so i don't know it's real ad hoc as as what is seems to be everything that's going on right now right right What's well, it? and I think yeah. I think that's why they canceled all all the river permits for the rest of the season is because it's the well, there are a lot of Native American reservations along the canyon, and they're like we don't want anyone coming off the river if they've potentially got this. So yeah, yeah. you can't stop halfway at the um, Hopi Indian reservation and uh, right go infect all them, right? Right. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I don't know. What else? Anything weird about people coming back that you? Because <laughs> I feel like we all had it. I mean, not so gradually. It was pretty quick for us too. But for you, it was like a snap. Yeah. I mean, it really was like three weeks worth of information condensed into a few minutes or a few hours at least. I think. Like in Boston, um, what about? Did you notice like people were different, or was it still shockingly the same? Uh, we've kind of mentioned already the like weirdness of seeing someone on the street. I think it's totally mixed. Like some people are normal in a wave, but some like, you know, avert their gaze and cross the street. And it's like, you're not going to get it from looking at me. So yeah, noticing that behavior is strange. Um, and then, yeah, the zoom thing. I mean, it seemed like we came back and everyone was just well in the swing of like, now we video chat each each other every hour of every day. And we have to have zoom happy hours and zoom this and zoom that. The happy hour um, idea has really taken off. Yeah. Yeah. People are doing happy hours with people they didn't used to do happy hours with, but they're doing it on zoom. My brother has one every night. 
They have a full yeah. schedule here. In the, oh, the, in oh the, the big social life. It's great for double dating. And you just, uh, exactly. <laughs> double. Uh, yeah. I mean, the only time I've actually really, but I mean, other than walking the dog, the only time I've really been in public is I've done one grocery trip. And uh, the funniest thing about that was just realizing I went last week and um, it wasn't until I was in the grocery store walking around that I realized, oh, this is my first time in public since February <laughs> yeah. because I, you know, I was in the Canyon all of March and then took one desolate flight back. And that, um, that that's one... what I was thinking earlier. That's a, that you were like prepared in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I guess like we had been in some version of social distancing, even though it wasn't a, a germ caused social distancing, we were already removed you'd, from you'd society you've been quarantined in the grand canyon for three weeks yeah and vegas was totally shut down when you were there by that point i forget when they sh- yeah um there were some hotels open on a limited capacity and we had people who needed to stay the night and so they actually let us into a hotel because we were clean essentially it's like well you haven't been in society since february so um they like made a special exception to let us into that hotel um, which is hilarious because we we're very, very much not clean and hadn't showered right, in 22 right. days <laughs> in this, in this, yeah, new world. The weirdest, yeah. I think the weirdest is part that- of all this that you missed, um, was the, the, the bargaining that went on in like state by state, city by city around America. Cause they knew coronavirus. at some point, all the government and all of the kind of like decision makers, meaning like the NBA and all these people knew that they knew that coronavirus was everywhere, but their solution was to say, well, we can't have events over a thousand people. And I don't Mm. know if you were gone when that happened, but it was so, so like, what was the point for like a whole week? It was like, well, we can, a thousand people can get together, but if you have a thousand at once, they're going to get, they're going to get coronavirus. And then they went down like 500. All right, we got 500 and then went to 250. And during this whole thing, all the comedy clubs in New York city were staying open because they're like, oh, we only have 125 people in our room or ours only seats 300. And I stopped doing shows when they went to like a thousand. So I was like, Oh, there's some issue. I think when Tom Hanks got it, I was out. Yeah. You've modeled your <laughs> career in many ways. Yeah, yeah. Model my career. Yeah. He made that movie about stand up in the eighties. What was, I forget what it was called, but, um, and, and but then the, the saying open, it was such a bizarre thing. It's like, we all know, like, what are we all just denying reality in our own heads? Like we know this doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, before the Canyon, I'm someone who listened to, uh, the daily and post reports those two news podcasts every day on my commute how dare you um, ours is the only I, podcast we get all the news you need here you don't need the daily anymore well, i'll have to add it to my list but yeah i definitely yeah. planned on just missing a month's worth of those podcasts but i've now actually been going back and listening to them in order just to kind of see how how it unfolded and at what pace and so yeah kind of to your point about this weird negotiating of crowd size um it's strange to listen to all these podcasts in order now and be like oh wow only you know 15 days ago they were still debating what social distancing meant and (laughs) it's it's been a fast change it seems like well how's things going now how's how's life back in boston Um, it's good, you know, a weird, different life, but my classes are all still at the same time. They're just online and I still have the same amount of homework, unfortunately. So, um, just kind of getting back into that groove. And, um, I think after graduation is when things will change and, and start to feel weird because it's my last year. I graduate in May. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. 
All right. Well, I think that's it. Um, Danica, thank you for doing the show. Yeah, I really appreciate it. It was great talking to you guys. And now you don't have to tell this story anymore. If anyone asks you, because this <laughs> yeah, sounds like a story yeah. you're going to have to tell pod. for the rest of your life. So instead yeah, of doing just send that, the link. <laughs> just send, no, give them, have it queued up in your phone and give them earbuds. We try to get it as direct to the people as possible. <laughs> okay, so, perfect. And anybody, and anybody out there who's getting married once this is over, Danica gives a great speech. Yes. Oh, so, yeah. Full endorsement. <laughs> I'll promote the podcast. You guys promote my speech. <laughs> you, go, you don't have to use uh, Harvard Law anymore. You can just be a wedding yeah. speaker. Yeah, perfect. Full tour. All right. Thanks, Danica. <laughs> All right. Have a good thanks one. Thanks for doing the pod. You too. Bye, guys. Bye. All right, we're back, Kaplan. Danica Harvey, what a wild story, huh? Yeah, that was crazy. That was that's why I don't that's why I never planned to go anywhere. The world can end on you. <laughs> I, I never have done anything cool like those like just real like get off the grid things. Was, you know, I never it would be so good for me, I know mentally, but it's like I, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I'm I could, with you. I could imagine. I like I to have control. I like to know. Outside of moving to China for 12 years, I don't do anything. <laughs> anything ridiculous. Let's get to but You this. had the internet. You had the internet in China, so. I did, but it was slow um, at the beginning and the end. It was fast in the middle, right. and then they slowed oh, okay. it down for the last few years. First hmm. news story of the week today, all, corona new, all, all quarantine news, as we always do. First story comes to us from the which is a newspaper, yeah, I believe. I think- <laughs> In the Czech Republic, it says... Czech- I think it's Kafka Desk is what it says. Kafka. What did I say? Kafka, the writer. You did Kafka. I don't know what you said. Czech- Czechoslovakian nudist reprimanded by police for not wearing a face mask, Kaplan. <laughs> although, although nude sunbathing is allowed in Czechoslovakia, the group of sunbathers violated two regulations introduced by the Czech government last month to prevent the spread of coronavirus. Um, they did not wear face masks and they had um, more a gathering of more than two people so mm. i think so you, i think that nudists should always wear face masks usually they're ugly and um i've never seen a hot nudist have you kept right them? i bought a face colony yeah i've been on um you know i've been to like saint martin the french side of the island where all the beaches because it's very fr- everyone's topless so mm-hmm. i don't i've never been to a nudist but i've been to topless beaches and every once in a while, you're like, oh, wow, look at that. It's like an actual hot like French woman in, who's topless. But usually, it's not the uh, – it's usually the, uh, the ones you don't want to see topless are the ones letting it all loose. You know? Usually, so it's a I, fat guy, but yeah. um, not a fat guy that's kind of been fat his whole life. Like a guy who used to be skinny and then got one of those perfectly round guts. <laughs> right. And they the, like to wear the – yeah, the speedos and the other yeah, and they're really yeah, I, tan. They're always incredibly tan. All that time they could spend working out, they've spent tanning. Right, but I think that if they do the face mask thing, always it can encourage. They could call them like a a butterface colony or whatever, and because then it's like you don't have to. It just encourages you to get in shape. If you want to be a nudist, you got to be in shape. So everyone would lose weight and get in shape, but they don't have to worry if they're attractive. Yes. So they, I also, I have an idea. I think the next big trend in, um, 
in tan lines will be to have a face mask tan as almost like a, one of those, like I'm better than you because I wear a face mask to prove you wear your mask in public. Yes. To show it's a, what do they call that? Um, the, 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 uh, Oh man, when you're signaling virtue signaling to the rest (laughs) of the world. But the problem is you're not thinking it enough because you, you should only be outside for necessity. So it shouldn't be long enough to get a tandem or what, even if you're wearing a mask or the rest of you. Oh, that's a great so point. Like, so the new trend of, will be to have no, be me, be a Turner Sparks, have yeah, a, be a pasty white, pasty white. But what do you, I have a question. I don't even know. Like what do nudists do in a nudist colony? Like do they do activities? Like I assume they don't just sit around having sex. It's not an orgy. So they just do like, they just go about their normal day but they're naked. Is that what a nudist colony is? Yeah. As far as I can tell, it's mostly volleyball. <laughs> Anytime Which, I see video or pictures of a nudist colony, they're always playing volleyball. It's always like I would assume you have to have a kind of small one to play volleyball well, naked. Yeah. I had it without any support. No, I mean, I don't know. It's a guy. Yeah, but, I'm not 100% clear, but that seems to be most of what they do. Yeah, okay. I, I don't like volleyball, and I don't like to be... It's like the, the closest between nudist colonies, I've been to like the JCC gym's locker room. <laughs> yeah. Like, because the men just let it, you know, the older the man, the more naked they seem to get. They seem to be extra naked. So that's that, even with masks, it wouldn't improve that situation at all. So I'm, <laughs> I don't think. Next story, Cap. We stay six feet back, though, when I'm there naturally. So I'm, I'm good. Next news story comes from some Sky News. Coronavirus. Oh, okay. uh, in, oh, sorry. In New Zealand, the Easter Bunny and Tooth Fairy have been deemed essential workers by the Prime Minister. How about that? Mm. Is that that's that's a bunch of nonsense to like wait so because my kids are asking me lately like Ruby asked me today Ruby Kaplan who famously is tells Christian kids all the time Santa Claus isn't real sure she was confused about the Easter Bunny she's like is the Easter Bunny real and I didn't know if I, I didn't want to tell her no because I didn't want her ruining that for other kids yes but you're saying that you have to believe the Easter Bunny is real uh, you're basically saying Easter egg hunts can still happen is that what this means. Oh, yeah. Would you guys celebrate Easter or not? No, we don't celebrate Easter. <laughs> do, do Jews celebrate? I mean, no, I mean, no, no, Easter Jews Bunny, Easter, Easter no, Bunny no. part of Easter. No, no, we don't. Just don't you guys know. are full on. No, you don't even do the Easter Bunny part. We once I once participated with the kids. Somebody uh, did rocks and they put made, they made them decorative and they hit them all around the neighborhood and the kids had to find them. So I, that was like the only thing I've ever done with like a, a circular shaped hunt. But no. Other than because you do and- understand that there's no uh, verse in the Bible that talks about the bunny or eggs, right? Yeah, so, I know, but it's just not our culture. I don't know. We don't do an Easter bunny. I don't even know what they do. Plenty of so atheists. No. I think atheists do Easter. I'm almost they positive do- they do Easter bunny Easter. Easter bunny Easter. Okay. I mean, l- let's just say I know a few. But do they have Can to I get? Say you know, that? It's not like Santa's lap. I guess the Easter bunny's safe because they're covered. No, you it's do like sit old- on the Easter bunny's lap. You do, yeah. Which in but New Zealand, they're, maybe there's social distancing on that. You sit six feet but, away or something. But if the Easter Bunny is totally covered, I guess it's safe, right? It's the ultimate protection. I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe he's wearing a mask underneath there. The thing is, I'm okay with the Easter Bunny. I'm not okay with saying the tooth fairies allowed because I've already – Ruby Kaplan has a loose tooth. Both my kids – Ruby's never lost a tooth. She has her first loose tooth. Teddy has lost a couple. He has a loose tooth. And I've already told them both that you don't lose a tooth during the quarantine because the Easter Bunny – is I mean the, t- the tooth fairies probably can't come. The tooth fairy's I, been furloughed, Kaplan. She's been furloughed because I don't have to. I don't have cash. I don't want to have to use up the little bit of cash I have. Otherwise, I'm going to go to an ATM, which is like an activity I don't want to do. So I don't want them. To, I told them these, the, the, don't lose a tooth now because the tooth fairy's not coming until it's over. 
So th- I don't want this New Zealand prime minister ruining it for me. The tooth fairy has been in co- calling the unemployment hotline. Like all of us <laughs> have trying to get, and can't get through. Yeah. The tooth fairy has been furloughed. They've given her bonus <laughs> benefits. And until then social distancing, you can't let strangers, you know, if like, God forbid the, the, our dryer the other day, we're running laundry. Like Randy's doing laundry all day long. The dryer wasn't working. I was like, what do we do? Like if the dryer is broken, do we call them to have it fixed? We're laying some in their house and we have to hang dry everything forever. Cause like, I don't know. It was like a dilemma. They didn't start working again. So we're good. But like, I'm not letting strangers into the house and that's a message. I want the kids to understand. So I don't want to break character and have the kids think I let a tooth fairy into the house. No, I so, mean, Kaplan under this pandemic, you need to get a win when you, you need to take a win when you can get it. And this is yeah, your win. This is my win. So yes, Easter bunny, no to tooth fairy. Last news story of the week comes to us from New York eater. Um, uh, one Michael H. Weber sent this into us. It's a fantastic story. He's a big, he, I don't know how he's surviving without going to restaurants and reading new restaurant reviews and everything. He's so, a big foodie. Yeah. Big foodie that Weber NYC's newest nightclub is online only in. Let me say that one more time. <laughs> NYC's newest nightclub is online only, but with co- a cover charge and a dress code, Michael Kaplan. Let me read a little more. There's Explain a, this to me. Yeah, this one, you're going to need more than the headline. All right, there's a doorman who checks that you've paid a $10 cover charge virtually. Mm. Of course, People can pay extra $80 to be precise to get a private <laughs> table. Where does the money go? Who are you paying? This You're gets paying to the, night- I don't know, but to the nightclub, but this gets to the heart of my issue with this. My number one issue with this entire pandemic Kaplan, I haven't been able to get it through to the health insurance hotline in, in uh, 12 hours a day for the last seven days a week. I've been calling and they haven't answered. And I have a problem bigger than that. And my problem bigger than that, these ever, all these companies that are trying to turn everything into virtual, but charging the same price that they charge. Like we were talking about earlier with Danica Harvey and Harvard University, Harvard Law School isn't giving her a discount, even though they're not even going into class anymore. Yeah, it's and the they try thing. to fire a bunch of people at Harvard, but that's another thing. These, yeah. these nightclubs, you're like, what am I going to pay to go to your dumb nightclub on the internet? Like, it's not a real thing. My doctor is trying to get me to uh, Zoom. He tried to get me to Zoom session with him to get my back checked, uh, a checkup on my back. It would have been the same price for the consultation. I'm like, dude, no, I'm not doing it. I said no. He still scheduled me and then was calling me the day of all. I did not answer. I had to ghost my doctor. Yeah. I not answer the phone. I'm mean, like, I'm not. And if he charges me for that, there's going to, I'm going to get, um, I don't know. I'm going to try to turn well, the table and get that union to go after thing, him. That, well, the one thing I will say is it's kind of like, it's kind of exposed this whole thing with doctors and that it used to be like, there's been so many times in your life, right. When you're like, you get like a, like a small rash or something hurts, but it's not like that bad. And you're like, do I want to schedule a doctor's appointment over this? And you wish you could just like call your doctor and have them look at it for, cause a doctor could look at it and in 10 seconds, know if it's something or not, you know? Yes. But like that was never an option before. Doctors wouldn't do that. You have to schedule an appointment and come to my office. And now all of a sudden, all of a sudden, magically, we can do a telething. All of a sudden, like, like, so like, I'm okay with doing it as long as we're allowed to keep this forever going forward. Yes. And it, and it should be a little cheaper because you're right. It's, but it, you know, it's, um, no, but yeah, yeah, Lati. Oh, oh, like yeah, man, you're right. Magically, this all exists. But that's right, Kaplan. We should keep. That's one thing we should keep going forward. The Zoom session I, with the doctor, I, and the other one I is the alcohol, um, the the takeout t- on uh, margaritas. T- yeah. So if you go to this nightclub that's online only, do they have a hookup with like a restaurant nearby that actually delivers you booze to your? Like a margarita to your house? Like, it's unclear, you, but this oh, is to provide your own alcohol. Here's one thing that is clear, Kaplan. If anyone goes to this online only nightclub, then you deserve whatever this world wants to take from you. 
I w- but I will say this: if you're a guy out there and you can get laid like down off this club, I would love to. Like you, can, you should teach a real course. <laughs> you just go into this club and pick someone up. Yes. Maybe you wait till the you wait till the thing's over. Although, so there was this video I saw of in Tel Aviv in Israel. It's called Hotel Corona. It's like a, it's like an area, uh, like a hotel. I don't know. It's just like an area where all these people with Corona already have it, are just hanging out together. And I'm like, they're all young people. I'm like, oh, these guys are gonna get laid off this, aren't they? Like, yes. So there is th- 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 that was my my app idea, but there so there is the, we're moving towards this this nightclub. Perhaps we could partner with them for our app idea about a Corona positive dating app. And then we're in business. Then I like. Then we're in business because this yep. is all about getting back in business for everybody, exactly. for America, for the world. Exactly. Exactly. Cap, that's the podcast. Um, we will be back tomorrow night and the next night and the next night and the next night. Sign up for us on patreon.com slash lost in America. Join us over there. Join the party. We're going to get to 50, 50 subscribers by the end of April. It's going to happen. You're going to make it happen. Let's do it. Cap, what should we do? On this pod, we say get lost. Get lost. Get lost.